Hello, folks. This is the Knickknack Podcast. I'm Knickknack. I am a queer and autistic non-binary woman with a variety of deep interests. This podcast is a kind of audio blog where I share my views in pursuit of greater engagement, emotional relief, and connection. This is season 15, episode 48, and I'm calling it Coming Out in California with my good friend, Moss Wildwing. We've been friends for quite a while. Thank you for being here, Moss. Um, I'm looking friend. <laughs> for it's I'm looking forward for this conversation. So before I do is in any way furthered, grab a beverage and a breath. And when you have a chance as you're listening, be sure to check out knickknackpod.net for that Patreon that we just launched. And in the meantime, Let's listen to some music and Moss and I will get talking about coming out in California. Stand by. weird happened on October 11th. I had been struggling with my gender identity for a while. I'd always felt not quite male and I was gender questioning and doing all that for a while. And then eventually I'm like, nope, I'm non-binary or woman. I don't know. And And to that sound that you made I don't know (laughs) yes understood yeah so so I put my thoughts and words together and put it on Facebook randomly one night at 2 a.m and it turned out it was October 11th and you responded I think part of my reaction was like oh thanks for reminding me or telling me letting me know that it's national or international coming out day like what a great idea to to use this day. And you didn't actually know. You just no. intuited. You were you're in sync with something. Yeah, the universe was calling or something. Um, we kind of drifted apart for a while there, but but knowing me for a couple of years now, uh, both in Chico and kind of as long distance friends these days, because you're in the city these days and I'm still in Chico. What what have your feelings been about? watching me and other people that you've known kind of go go through the transition process and how does that reflected in your process oh wow oh wow yeah i'm like um okay so you are identify like you are identifying as a woman now or like non-binary woman? non non-binary woman like because i added i when i initially made the post i was like 
okay, I want my pronouns to be she, her. Mm -hmm. And then um, after I initially made the post, I'm like, no, wait, she, they, she, they. Mm -hmm. just, just because there are some days where it's just going to depend on, on how I feel. But mm -hmm. I finally got to that place where like, okay, this is valid and I'm excited and I need to tell people. Mm -hmm. I love when people know that they're valid, like whatever form that takes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know. It takes a long time too. Like it sounded like from, from your video responses, which were awesome. Like, oh my gosh, the, the, the thought that like, I, I felt pretty cowardly coming out on, out on Facebook of all places, but like the thought that that would inspire you to make what you made was just awesome. Of course, of course. Like, oh, Nicknack can do this brave thing. Like, I can do a brave thing. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll off this energy and use you as an excuse, basically, to do something a little bit more out on a limb. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, I mean, I, I, I guess like you talked in your videos about. Well, we just talked about it, like uh, validity, not feeling, not feeling certain, not feeling like you belonged, even though like we both have lived in Chico and we've kind of been circling the circling, exactly <laughs> uh, on the outer edges of queerness. Yes, yes, yes. Like, do I belong in the middle of that? It's like, I... I'm definitely really comfortable being here and like kind of on the sidelines, but do I actually, yeah, like how, how far into this do I want to wade um, into the queer waters? <laughs> um, yes. And I just, but then, yeah. So then uh, I guess kind of reflecting on your question um, and responding to what you just said, it's just been, years and years of doing very queer things, saying very queer things, thinking very queer things, and still feeling like an imposter. Uh, and I think the question you asked before is about what is it like to have so many friends coming out around me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's like exciting and also confusing and sometimes like, <sighs> There's this like notion floating in the world of like, oh, it's a trend or something. And so Harry's like, is it a trend? <laughs> are we just like, are we friends? If, am I friends with all of these people because we are all this thing that is being called queer? <laughs> or am I with all these friends and we're all like following the trend together? <laughs> like sometimes I wonder and then I'm like, what does that mean if we're all following the trend together? Is that just a sign of this is just a progression towards a different way of doing gender in general and everybody's queer and <laughs> doesn't know it. Or so. I, it's, I really. It's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. Whatever conversation we have, my answer is going to be, I don't know, but I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> I, I really like the way that you ended that, that, that video. Like, because because to me that was the most empowering thing because even after i had come out like i knew yes i, I want to start wearing bras yes i want to start wearing dresses yes i want to put on makeup every once in a while and and work on shaving or other things but i didn't 
I already know that it's like, well, I can, because I'm me, I can't be full trans woman. Um, that's a little hard to explain. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, what does that mean? I like, uh, to me, like, there's there's a full transition in my mind like like if 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 you're you know assigned male at birth or you're assigned female at birth and you you know in your heart that you want to switch genders you can you can do that and it can you can look you can make it look so you pass Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and and i guess what i'm saying is like i know i'll never pass or Mm -hmm. i know it'll be very difficult for me to pass as a woman and I also know that I have these days where it's like no I don't want like I I still feel inside something that I would describe as as woman like psychologically Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. kind of where my gender identity lives in the in the psyche um -hmm. so I can still feel woman inside and still and yet say okay today I don't feel like putting on a bra Mm -hmm. you know so I mean it's it's just kind of it's weird I don't know either. I don't know either. I said I said that because when you said I don't know, I was like, oh, thank God, because I don't know either. <laughs> I'm here with all of the answers. That's what we're doing, right? We're right, right. We're the, an- we're, the, we're the answer people. They, I wanted to ask, because we, we both grew up in Chico. Until I met you and some of, some of your friends, I, I think we met we met through a mutual friend through another mutual friend and and that sort of thing happened um but until I fell into that group I had a very difficult time in Chico I mm. never really you know in your videos you mentioned junior high is, is hanging out finding the time to hang out with the queer kids and like I've never really found all that how did you find all that how did you <laughs> how did that happen for you well, to be clear in junior high uh we did not identify as queer (laughs) at the very least i just i would say um by junior high i recognized oh uh my people are the ones that are kind of clustered together that don't belong anywhere else (laughs) or something like we don't belong in any cliques gotcha (laughs) so we're together we're the click of clicklessness something I like um, that. The click of clicklessness. I that was kind of my click too, except there were no other people know. in the click of clicklessness in my in Chico High and Chico Junior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and by the time I was in high school, that same flavor of crowd was now at least partly identifying as queer or presenting as queer. Um there was a day like I would sometimes just kind of announce to the general area of where the sort of misfit crowd hung out and be like, Thursday is cross-dressing day. Now you know. <laughs> like I just like decide to make dress up like that's awesome. Um, prompts for people. That's and so awesome. then I like, you know, spent a day dressed as a guy and like taking pictures and just for fun. Uh oh, okay, fun story. Uh Years later, I'm at my first ever festival and I run into someone that used to hang out in the same, you know, crowd of misfits. And when I think back to people in my life, I'm like, 
I don't know what pronouns to use because I have no idea what, what they're doing now. Um, because so many of my friends end up being queer. I'm like, well, if I haven't seen this person in five years, like, <laughs> I guess I'll use he, him pronouns because that was the assumption at the time. Um, I default to they, them these days, but it's a hard, hard choice to make. That person um, came up to me at this festival like, hey, maybe using my old nickname or something. It's good to see you. By the way, you know how five, six, seven years ago, you told everybody it was cross-dressing day on Thursday in high school? Um, well, that's the day that I met my girlfriend. <laughs> um, like we both were cross-dressing or something and, and that's how we connected. And then we were together for four years or something. You're like, what? That's amazing. Um, and I'm not sure if they were still together at the time, but, but they just came up to me to tell me that this really positive thing had come about from me just sort of shouting to a group of people that we're going to cross-dress if we want to on this day. So it was a really interesting reflection just in general of the influence we have on people. And we don't even necessarily know the influence we have. And that ties back into the beginning of this of, oh, I didn't know that uh, it was International Coming Out Day and I came out and then that you actually know that that inspired me to also have some sort of coming out experience. Um, but in many cases, we don't. So that's a, a side little positive encouragement. So, yeah, no, that was so cool. Like, like just the way that happened, the serendipity and the, I mean, the idea that, that you shouting across the quad, I would imagine just in my head, that's just what's in my head. A big oak tree. Big o okay. <laughs> Something like Shout that. Shouting in a big oak tree, like, tomorrow's cross-dressing day and then somebody the next day somebody meets their girlfriend like that's awesome yeah. that's so cool yeah, yeah. so i want to ask in chico because chico's kind of you know it's big but it's still got its small town dynamic mm -hmm. um it can be kind of difficult to find the queer spaces if you don't know where to look if you're mm -hmm. just kind of running in the mainstream mm -hmm. in san francisco you walk down the street and it's right there. How has that, how has going from Chico to San Francisco changed things for you? I think moving to San Francisco just gave me a sense of permission that now it's okay to explore uh, gender and, and sexual orientation further. Whereas I was really afraid to before and then moving here is like, oh, everybody's gay. <laughs> Like a, <laughs> my it's first a, real friend was, you know, my gay roommate, um, and now now I'm realizing like I'm, I actually feel more comfortable with people who identify as queer and not necessarily like some sort of binary like, you know, homosexual. Like I tend to be actually get along better with people who are trans and non-binary and um, yeah, fluid in some way. Uh, yeah atypical in many ways yeah i would kind of branch it as a lot of a lot of queer people they also kind of tend towards more radical politics yes. in a lot of ways that's definitely part of it and and it's this whole for lack of a better term culture 
Yeah, definitely. And, and it's this culture that permeates cities like San Francisco, Oakland, Portland, Seattle, and other uh, Minneapolis, I'm sure too. And it's just like, I, I've always had this sense of, well, that's something I want in. And so I'm like mm. cau- cautiously knocking on the door. Let me in, let me in, let me in. Can I, can I please? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder if that's just a step in a bigger direction. Like, are, are we, as for lack of a better term, gen- a generation, Hmm. Are we actually shifting this? Are we actually going and saying, yeah, all right, boomers, screw your rigid idea of what gender is. We're going to like delete that and completely rewrite the book. Backspace, backspace. <laughs> yeah. I, and I then don't... there was a man and a woman, backspace, backspace. <laughs> there were some humans. And we're going to get into a lot of detail about these humans. But yeah, the theme of is this a shift in our generation redefining gender and what it means to be a person when it comes to ways of presenting ourselves and who we're attracted to and how we feel about ourselves in the inside and how we change and modify our bodies or not and where we want to grow hair from, you know, like, <laughs> or not. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, it, it's, maybe it's because I'm surrounded by queer community so much of the time, either online, like we are, or in person, like I live only with queer people and have for the past year plus. Um, and before that, my best friend in San Francisco is gay guy. So like there was some shared reality around some things for that. And, you know, my community, like I've moved. So I'm like, uh, can I just say that my community, like if I move back to Chico, my community will be the same like queer yeah. community that I left. Um, if I'm, if I'm accepted back, um, but you, uh, you, you would be accepted back with open arms because you're missed, but oh, happy sounds. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, from my vantage point, everybody around me is queer. Everybody interactive with practically is queer. So we must all be queer. And there's a movement of embracing queerness. But you also see what you're already looking for. So I notice queer people everywhere. And I I realize that not everyone is actually aspiring to like question heteronormativity and cisnormativity and monogamy, whatever. Like, there's so many different things that are kind of interconnected with queerness, um, such as relationship style. That, like, I don't know. And my brain's also like, but what does it mean to be queer? Because I think the thing that you said about culture is really relevant to me because when I was on the verge of, yes, I am queer enough, I was questioning, how does one decide that one is queer enough? <laughs> like, because I, I had limited experiences with certain things that I associated with being queer, as I said in the videos. Right. Of like, but I haven't had relationships with cis women and, um, or I guess any women at the time, uh, I haven't really been like 
very sexual with AFAB people. I haven't, um, I am probably not a man. <laughs> Those are the parameters for being queer, right? Like you have to really be, be very, very queer in a very outward, obvious way. Otherwise it's not legitimate. That was the kind of strictness in my mind of what yeah. I meant. But then I, when I was thinking about, well, why, I, but I'm attracted to being in queer community for a lot of reasons. And it's partly about uh, like gender and people, it has a lot to do with authenticity and it also has to do with politics. It's yeah. also about values of the queer community. So regardless of what I knew or didn't know about my sexual orientation and gender, which are like the obvious things that make someone queer, or at least that was my impression. Um, one of the reasons that I say, I realize that actually it's not like cis homosexuals or like, like there's a, a different kind of traditional in the gay community <laughs> that yes, is different yes, than what's is. happening in the queer community. And I'm not in the gay community. Like it, and there's crossover, but like, that's not actually my crowd. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's weird and it's interesting, but I think, I, I think you're, you're right to say it is a cultural thing. If there's anything in this world that gives me hope, it's queer culture. Oh, oh. You hear that, all you queers and questioning folks out there? Back hope over here. We're looking at the rules that we've been told to passively accept for years and years and years. And we're starting to say, now, wait a minute, what if we did this? And that takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts and a lot of gusto. <sighs> yeah. But somehow we have that. And I think part of it is we have to have it because we're living in the times we're living. But Maybe we need to take advantage of the fact that there is this movement happening because there's so many things that need they need doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it seems like an opportune moment to say it's good to be, in my terminology, a divergent person. Hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's not a bad thing. No. And, and 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 speaking personally, like having you as a friend and having you react with that video, like that's huge. That's huge Aww. to know to know that people care that much, and and that's awesome. Um, you inspire uh, me. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you inspire me. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because you you do music and art and creative expression, mm -hmm. and you are also studying to become a therapist. Mm -hmm. How do you see those two things coming together, and how? Do you think maybe queer culture can can come into that or plays into that, if at hmm. all? Hmm. I think I'll start with the last part of that because I think again it comes back to values and politics, and I don't want to. Currently, I'm working with kids for my like practicum internship, um, and. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, okay, now kids, you have to become radical <laughs> and right, um, right. you need to be genderqueer and, you know, like I'm, I'm not approaching 
I don't want to approach people like that. I don't think that's a good way to approach anybody if you want them to just just don't do that. <laughs> Maybe there's exceptions, but like in general, like I don't want people to just like try and force me into any box of any sort. Well, any any parent that's what you can also offer is like I don't think that you belong in a box. Just the omission of but boys, blah blah blah. Like no. <laughs> Oh, you're having feelings. Great. I'm going to treat you like a person and not like a gender. Like, oh, you're having, I don't know, just, just whatever. You're, you're, you're questioning things about reality. Like, I will be there with you in that questioning process. Um, I hope we get to do more of this in the future because you, you helped me put together one of the more complex episodes I did mm-hmm. about 30 years of mental health history or whatever mm-hmm. it was I called it, um, which was having an outside eye on that and then having an outside eye on that that is all uh, that is also a person that has experience on both sides, you know, has the experience of providing support and empathetic services to people, but then also getting support and needing empathetic services and needing, mm-hmm. you know, needing the help. No matter what kind of divergent person a person is, it's so difficult to be in the world that we're in. And mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from, but I saw this one tweet from a therapist. It was something like, you don't need therapy. You need a revolution. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. If there's any bright spot we can end on, I think it's probably that. Yeah. Another kind of maybe like the darker side of that is like um, it's no sign of good health to be sane in an insane world or something. I, I'm I don't remember exactly the wording or even who said it. Maybe you do. Sounds sounds familiar to me. I, I'm not remembering it off the top of my head, but I'm sure yeah. 60s era psychologist of some sort. Sure. Yeah. I was I was telling a friend who um, is has been is like has has a lot of different like mental health stuff going on and has for many years and does not seem to be in, in any sort of place of like it's just going to go away sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking with them about something they're going through and I was just really wanting to convey like it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah it's not your fault that you're experiencing this because it's so clear to me how your positionality in the world like um your race and gender and um class and like history of trauma and like where you grew up and being like living you know uh, living in capitalism like yeah, it's not your fault that you're struggling with these with with these needs getting met. Like, it's not about you. You're fine. Like, and I think of people like like this friend as, and I've thought about myself this way as well. And maybe you have as well. But of like the whole canary in a coal mine thing. Like, yeah, like a little sensitive bird that's like cheap, cheap, ah, dies. Um, there's there's something going on here. You know, the bird is just very sensitive and notices something that's actually dangerous and that's why the bird 
you know, crumbles, has an existential crisis, whatever. <laughs> has, has an autistic meltdown. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's, that's great insight, Moss. I, um, I am really inspired by the fact that you're, that you're doing this, that you're wading through a lot of the, the, the hurdles and the barriers that are, that can be quite insurmountable to cross and, I seriously say, I know you will make a kick-ass therapist someday. So thank Aww. you for doing what you're doing. Be a good person. That's my main goal. And like, if I can feel like I'm doing me well, then I assume that I'll be a decent enough therapist as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I think being a therapist is, I've dreamed about it myself. I think it's a lot of it mm -hmm. is, you know, it's not only the empathy and the reflecting, reflecting the statements and, you know, it sounds like oh, I'm hearing that, you know, or, or the ever cliched, well, I don't <laughs> know how to feel cool. about this. And then a response of, well, how do you feel about it? You know, kind of the, all the stupid cliches, but, but beyond that, it's more about the reality, that, which is for most people they don't have a safe space to share mm -hmm. what's going on in their minds. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they, they're, they're not in a good connection with their partner at that moment, mm -hmm. or maybe they live alone, or it could be a billion other things. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I don't... It was never safe for them to open up, and so they learned not to, so they don't know how. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean it's such a critical social service thing to be able to talk to somebody, you know, and, and have HIPAA protection and everything else that goes along with that to, to, to have the freedom to say, hi, I'm sad. I don't know why I feel sad today or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, whatever it might be. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, Thank you for being a kind, caring, helping person and making the world better by, as you said just a second ago, being the best you you can be. I was talking to my friend earlier about how we see things in other people that we have in ourselves, whether we necessarily see that aspect or not. So um, one of my favorite playful um comebacks to people when they give me a compliment is like takes one to know one if you think you know these things about me then it's also true of you so thank you moss and that's a thank really easy way for me just to be like yeah same yeah thank you <laughs> moss true. i appreciate your humor so much i appreciate your time today and i hope we get to talk again soon are the schools shitting out fools who believe what they read and believe what they see? Don't believe them and don't believe me. I'm a tool. I'm your changes of mood. I'm a drug in your Don't believe
Thank you so much for listening to the Nick Attack podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining my Patreon or clicking on the donate links available on nicknackpod.net or leaving a review in your favorite podcast app. The music is Raindrop Rhapsody by Josh Alkenberry. The second song, The Bridge to the Outro, is The Wonderful Fool's Guide by Anthony Bertuno. And finally, the wonderful song Catch Me If You Can is by Attica Attica. If you enjoy the music used in this episode, please support these artists by buying their work and making donations. The Knickknack Podcast and FS Ride Along series is copyright 2006 through 2021 by the Knickknack Podcast Network and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. Stay safe, stay actually autistic. May you find the safety and support you need to empower you and meet your needs. Till next time, take care. Bye.